This episode of Hitting Play is brought to you by Correcto, the keychain that's never wrong. Should I invest in tech stocks? Hey, the sun's gonna rise at some point. Wow, that's true. Should we move to a warmer climate? You'll have to eat eventually. Yes, I will. Should I buy a boat? Well, sodium's the 11th element in the periodic table. Well, I'll take your word for it. Correcto, only $59.99 at participating gas stations. Hello and welcome to Hitting Play, the podcast where we review, analyze, and discuss shows, movies, and other curiosities. I am Scott, your co-host and moderator. Joining me is someone who started a joke that made all of us cry, Lily. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> and we are also joined by a special guest from the movie riffing group One Wall Cinema, who can currently be found on rifftracks.com. K1, aka Kevin, welcome back to the show. Thanks, glad to be back. Glad to have you. Well, with San Diego Comic-Con 2015 coming to a close, we as fans were left with a treasure trove of material. All kinds of trailers and sneak peeks and everything to get us eagerly anticipating the entertainment being released over the next year. So we figured for this episode we would uh, discuss some high-profile properties as well as maybe some smaller profile productions that you may not have heard about. A lot of different trailers out there. Definitely agree with you there. All right, so let's get right into this. We we start with the trailer for Danger Mouse. Yeah, this is one that I have been waiting for, to see a trailer for. I was a huge, huge fan of uh, the original series when it was on. Um, I actually even have a uh, Danger Mouse tattoo. So really? I, I do. Wow. Um, so I was actually very excited that you know to hear they were going to show you know even just a little bit of of what we can expect. Oh, that's awesome. See, I had never heard of it before uh, I saw the trailer and did a little bit of reading. That's awesome, though. Yeah, it was something that uh, I was very excited about. And um, uh, my son has seen at least one or two episodes with me um, of the original series. So the Star Wars opening to the trailer was fantastic. I thought yes. uh, <laughs> very appropriate for, uh, for Comic-Con. Um, the animation looks awesome voices are pretty close to the original so that was good and uh, a nice new version of uh, of the theme song so yeah i'm very excited yeah that, this is a cartoon that i remember watching on nickelodeon long long time ago and uh, it's around the time of count duckula do you remember that cartoon yeah yeah it was usually uh right before count duckula was on i think or either right before or right after yeah, yeah. right with it yeah because it, it was also a uh a thames uh television production yep for those that don't know the the series is basically uh, a cartoon that follows the adventures of the eponymous secret agent danger mouse and his mild-mannered hamster assistant ernest penfold and uh, it ran from September 28th, 1981 to March 19th, 1992. And those are the episodes and reruns that someone around uh, the age of Kevin and myself are f more familiar with. But it it's nice to see that it, it has that revival, that there was enough interest in it to uh, bring it back. And like you said, the animation looks great. I appreciate the uh, 2D animation, as a lot of cartoons tend to... Uh, you know, have that Pixar, that fake Pixar look, like Garfield yeah. when it came back, you know? Yep. Mm -hmm. 
unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> My kids love it. <laughs> well, it's what you, you know, what they grew up with. So. Yeah. And it's nice to hear that original theme song, a new version of it, but still that that theme song is back. Yep. And this will be premiering on CBBC. This is uh, B- the BBC's Children's Television Network on uh, September 2015. So, do, have you seen? Uh, are they supposed to be airing in America anywhere? Or I think Netflix is going to have it. Okay, that's what I was wondering if that was going to be the case. Because hmm. I'm trying to think. That's what what happened with the uh, Inspector Gadget reboot that they did. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of, uh, Sean even found some cartoons that he, he said, oh, I've never seen this one before, and, and we looked it up, and it was actually out of Australia. <laughs> so Netflix has been pretty good at curating a lot of these, um, I mean, not even just children's programs, but programming in general from all around the world. It's been, uh, makes for quite an interesting viewing experience. That's for sure. I, I know I've been on a uh, British TV cake, so... <laughs> Yeah, un- unfortunately, with you know the sneak peek, all you get is you know the theme song. There's not really a whole lot to discuss other than you know, hey, it looks great. So yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> exactly, something to look forward to. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna make sure I catch it. All right, next up is the trailer for Heroes Reborn. This is a, the revival of the NBC series about a group of super powered. People that start to have their powers manifest uh, started in, I believe, 2005. All these years later, after their long hiatus, they're they're bringing it back. Yeah, started started around 2005 and went downhill right around not long after. Oh my goodness! Yes. <laughs> yeah. Watching this trailer, I was like, "Oh, this is definitely not something I'm gonna watch." It, it just kind of looks like um like just another cheesy drama series. Well, did you did you ever watch it, Lily? I never watched the original Heroes, no. Did you I, yeah. did you watch it every week, Kevin? Not every, well, I've seen every episode. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it was kind of like uh started out okay and then it was like, all right. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> it reminds me of like the 4400. Have you ever watched yes. that? Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it just kind of became a, well, all right, well, I've already watched this season, so all right, well, we'll see how the next season goes. Oh, man, this is even worse. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and, well, okay, maybe it'll get to the point where it's so bad it's amusing. And no, all right. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Keep going, keep going. And then, all right, well, I've put all this time into it. I might as well see it through to the end at this point, you know, kind of like Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, to defend Heroes, it does have the very, you know, it does have a very dramatic tone to it. Yeah. But it never, it has a lot of action, too. It definitely did. And and the the special effects were actually not too bad. They, they did have a pretty decent budget, it seems, for their CGI. Yeah, it was, it was just a few things in that show that just kind of... You know, they kill off one character, but oh wait, the next season we bring her back and she's no, it wasn't her that died, it was her clone and yes. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've I've blocked most of that series out of my memory, thankfully. I just remember it, there was something about a carnival or something at one point. I don't I, know. I was gonna mention the carnival. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where it lost me. Uh the I believe that was the season during the writer's strike. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and yeah, it's 
it's terrible. I think that's season four where they just got canceled. And, and I love when the, when this trailer begins and we, we see the question asked over and over again, or where are the heroes? And the answer to that is they put out a crappy fourth season and were canceled. That's where the heroes went. <laughs> and it, that season was such a bummer because the guy who was the, the ringmaster, he's such a good actor. Oh, Robert Nepper. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it just, Oh my word. It was awful. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was really bad. And the, the it was so great getting into heroes like the first few episodes. They would finish every episode with some huge dramatic reveal. And it would just, you know, like, I remember like, oh, man, I want to see next week's episode so bad. And there was very few uh, shows that would that I would feel that way about. And, you know, like you said, they just kind of started to disappoint a little, a little more and a little more. Especially since the, the whole mantra of season one is save the cheerleader, save the world. Mm-hmm. And so we were so invested in this in this character, this um, uh, Claire, played by Hayden Panettiere. We wanted to see w- what she meant to this story. She was somehow going to fit into the story. Uh, the, the whole series starts out with her falling and trying to kill herself because she knows that she can't die. And uh, she has her friend videotape her, and you know every time she broke a bone, she could set it back, or if she cut herself, it would heal instantly. And she didn't understand what was happening, so it, it was very intriguing to see how the pieces of the mystery would kind of come together, and they just never did. <laughs> it's like it's like at the end, it's like, well, I guess they kind of saved her. Yeah, you know, it's like you knew the world wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> and, and this got so big at one point that they were talking about a hero's supplementary series concurrently running with this hero's show. Really? Yeah, and and then there was going to be like a fan vote. Like each episode was going to highlight a new hero, and then there was going to be a fan vote, and whichever hero they liked the best was going to join the hero's show. Huh. Oh my god. Like an American Idol for uh, <laughs> fictional superheroes. Yeah, seriously. And <laughs> I remember they had uh, on the website, you could download like a PDF comic book for like every week. Yep, that I remember. Yeah, it's just like they got so ambitious with this. And uh, it just, the, I think the writer strike really affected the quality of the show as well as maybe writing uh, had some issues where there was a lot of you know, plot holes and loose threads that were certainly not tied up. In fact, uh, do you remember, do you remember the character, Peter, his girlfriend in Ireland? She was brought to that plague future. Vaguely. And then he was going to come back for her and he just like, eh, never did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now in this trailer, we, we do see a lot of familiar imagery. If you were into the series as, as I was Noah Bennett, he's the man with the horn rimmed glasses uh, we see files with familiar faces from Primatech. That was that mysterious paper corporation. Uh, the character of Mohinder Suresh. And uh, a lot of total eclipses of the sun are in this. Yeah, I, I do like how they are bringing back some of the old characters. But at the same time, some of them, you know, it's whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, trying to think, didn't Mohinder, like, transform into some weird-looking thing? He became like a lizard creature from his own experiments. There's a lot of parallels to like, I, or you could call them homages or ripoffs, depending on what yeah. side of it you're on. <laughs> but, but yeah, he was kind he of like the normal. lizard. <laughs> Didn't was he able to? I forget. Was he able to like turn himself normal again? Or I can't remember if that was an alternate future. 
I and don't know. I can't and, remember because remember they went all the way into the future, all the way to the year 2012 to show us how crazy everything was going to be. <laughs> oh yeah, that was when Hero was like time traveling or something. It, yeah. 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 I can't. I honestly, I can't remember. It was just I remember he looked like some weird thing, and then he popped onto the trailer, and I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute, he's normal. What, <laughs> what's going on?" <laughs> and and uh, shortly after, we see Peter's mom, and didn't she die? I like you, I don't remember. remember. <laughs> it's been too long. That's you know the heroes were gone for too long. If you wanted to bring them back, you should have brought them back sooner. But it, like you said, I I think about half the original cast is returning. Uh, the biggest stars like Hayden Panettiere, she's gone. Uh, Zachary Quinto, he's gone. That doesn't necessarily mean that they won't make cameos. I mean, Zachary Quinto went off to be a big movie star. He's you know obviously Mr. Spock and everything. But uh, he was also in The Slap, so the guy will, you know, cash a paycheck. <laughs> he did a lot of uh, American Horror Story, too, didn't he? Yeah, so the guy, I mean, the guy will work. I, I just don't, I would imagine if he was part of the new cast, they would feature him prominently, or he would be like a big reveal at the end, because he was a pretty major villain. Yeah, he definitely was. He was one of the better characters in it, that's for sure. Yeah, he was great uh, until they started showing him more he wasn't a man in the shadows anymore, and then yeah. he became, like, the long-lost brother. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> we also see the character of Micah. He was the, the little boy that can communicate with technology. And, okay, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't sure if that was him or not. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's still him, and he refers to himself as one of the hunted, so we see, like, in this future now, uh, the, the super-powered people are, are being tracked down, of kind of like an X-Men ripoff. But um, when we last saw him in the show, I guess he was about 12 years old or so. So now he's like in his late teens. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I have in my notes, X-Men ripoff? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they cop to it too. Like during, during the show, like Hiro, the, the character of Hiro Nakamura, who also is going to be in this, uh, he's a big comic book fan. So he'll say, oh, this is just like Kitty Pride," or this is just like, you know, so they totally cop to it. But that doesn't mean it's... Not a straight ripoff sometimes. Yep. Yeah, and, that doesn't uh, make it okay. I mean. no. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, shoot, what was this? Was it Matt Parkman or whatever? Yes, Greg uh, he, Grunberg's character. Yep. yep. He's back, which is, I liked his character. Yeah, he was. A, he seemed to be a good guy in that show. Yeah. The, there was a lot of good elements in place. It was just it's so disappointing. Well, you know, maybe they can they can pick it up in this series. You no, know, this trailer finishes with the scene of a, a young woman in what looks to be like this polar landscape, and she's holding her hands up to this like magenta sky that's like swirling, and there seem seems to be like a I, I think that's a solar eclipse and not like a black hole or anything. She says that it's happening faster than they thought, and she doesn't think she can control it much longer. Yeah, so, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the other notes that I that I had written down, it was. Uh, my notes for this episode were, you know, like I said, X-Men ripoff, question mark. And then I had, <laughs> it's Chuck, exclamation point. <laughs> oh, yeah, Zachary Levi's in this, yes. So that that could be interesting. He's he's a decent actor, so. And uh, the other the other one, there was that masked character that they showed with, like, the, the green and yellow mask. Yeah, yeah. No idea what the deal is with that. I, I just wrote... That looks like the, you know, the mask from Kick-Ass. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what I thought, too, when I saw that. Yes. Uh, very strange, because there wasn't a lot of, like, superhero-looking characters. You know, these were supposed to be real people, 
in a very real world that found that they had powers and that was pretty much it. Yeah, not, not too many costumed superheroes in this, so we'll see what the deal with that is. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to watch it. I don't know if I'll, I don't know. I'm definitely going to grudgingly wa- watch it. <laughs> I, I'm not one to, you know, bail on a show after, you know, just the pilot, unless the pilot is absolute garbage. Yeah. Because you never know what the pilot. So it's, I, I usually at least try and give a show two or three episodes before, you know, I bail or, you know, depending on how much space is on the DVR, I'll, I'll at least suffer through the first season, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I, that's probably about where this one ranks for me. <laughs> it was just, they waited too long and the original series just turned into such garbage. And totally. I'm, not, I'm not just saying that because I'm cranky because it's so hot and humid. <laughs> <laughs> that's genuinely how I felt the other day when I was watching it. I, I was very surprised. I, I Someone had told me, did you hear Heroes is coming back? I'm like, what? Yeah, I had, I had heard it was coming back and completely forgot about it in, until you sent me the list of, of trailers. And I was like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, this isn't like something that left us hanging, it seems. You know, it's it's something that kind of left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Yeah. It's like Heroes, through all the seasons, they've had the history of starting a storyline with just huge consequences and having the payoff not nearly as big you know big enough for the equal the weeks of build up that preceded it so i'm 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 with you i'm cautiously optimistic <laughs> i'll put it i'll put it that way yeah but, i don't know it just doesn't seem like my jam i don't know i believe it's on netflix right now if anybody yes. wants to to catch up and you know what i i will say season 1 is worth giving a shot too. Yeah. If you if you're kind of like, well, I gotta clean, I gotta clean the living room. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Put heroes on and uh, and check it out. It it uh, it does have some pretty great moments, but just uh, don't expect this amazing epic tale told through four seasons of television. Yeah, you can you can pretty much <laughs> bail after season one safely. I think. I think so. I think it ties the story up pretty well. Some of the uh, the stuff where the hero character goes to ancient Japan was kind of cool. Uh, there's a lot of time travel stuff. I, I always like time travel stories. Now, one thing I I didn't check the uh, the guy who plays Hero is he is he still on the new Hawaii Five O or is he going to do both series or? Yeah, I was curious about that because that's a CBS show, right? Yeah, yeah, Masioka is his name. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, it's not a. A huge role in Hawaii Five-0 that he's got, but I mean, he's in just about every episode. Yeah. Is he like, I, I don't watch Hawaii, the new Hawaii Five-0, but is he like uh, in the police department or the coroner's office or something? Yeah, I believe he's like the, the coroner guy. So whenever, okay. you know, they've got a body, they bring him out and he takes a look at it or whatever, so. Maybe he just like films all of his scenes in like two days and he's good for the season. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely give it a shot. And I think a lot of people will too, but they definitely have to make it worth watching pretty early on. They, they can't drag everybody out now for the fifth time. I don't think, you know, we'll fall for it again. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're going to lose people real quick if this thing is, you know, just a giant turd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next up, we got a new trailer for Fantastic Four or Fant4 Stick, depending on what poster you're looking at. And for those who don't know, I can't imagine there's too many people out there. It's the story of a group of people involved in an interdimensional travel accident 
who return with strange new powers. And this, this is the second full trailer. We, we did get a trailer before Comic-Con, and uh, we did talk about the first one extensively in our Summer Movies preview episode a few months ago, so you can go back and check that out if you'd like. And in, in this trailer, we start out a little differently. We, we see a classroom where a young Reed Richards tells his class that he wants to be the first person to teleport himself, and he claims that he's already built the machine, despite the skepticism of his teacher. Did you notice who that was played by? I didn't. I did not. That was Dan Castellaneta, the voice of Homer Simpson. Huh. One perk of having Fox <laughs> produce yeah. your movie. Yep. I did have one question on that. So he asks um, about the flying car. Yes. Now, did did Reed Richards happen to build Agent Coulson's car by any chance? I don't know if the car you know ever appears in the comics or whatever. Oh, you know what? I I took that as a reference to the Fantastic Car. Oh, okay. You know they that that flying like manta ray looking thing that that they've been in. Yeah, I kind of figured it was something along the lines like that, since you know the whole Fox Marvel yeah. nonsense. Yeah, I think that's what that was a reference to, because that goes all the way back to like Fantastic Four number three. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it was even in the uh, the Jessica Alba mm-hmm. Fantastic Four. In fact, in those movies, there was so much product placement that the Fantastic Car was made by Dodge, and it had a Hemi. Ugh. <laughs> uh. And that was not one of the worst things in the movie. No. <laughs> Amazingly. Uh. So, w- after this classroom scene, we see that Reed brings his, his friend Benjamin Grimm to his garage and shows him how he can teleport a toy car. You know, this builds up to this story of them getting trapped in the negative zone this time instead of actually going up into space it's a teleportation device accident which i like i kind of like that they changed that around yeah i'm all right with that yeah i i I was excited by this trailer up to this point we we see more of a, a story now coming together about what exactly is going on I wasn't always a big Fantastic Four reader. Like, I, I watched the, the old cartoons and everything, so I'm not as much of a purist as other people. So to me, it's like, after the two that we just had and the the terrible Corman 1994 <laughs> movie, if anybody had seen that one, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Fox can do whatever they want with these characters. Let's mix it up and uh, see exactly, you know, what we get. Yeah, I mean, anything's got to be better than what has been previously done so. yeah and and what's nice about this trailer too is we see a little bit more of the negative zone i like that this is the negative zone which is a, a classic part of the fantastic four comics this is where blastar and annihilus and all these crazy villains come from not that they're necessarily going to be in this movie because they are pretty crazy characters but i i like a lot of the comic elements in here and here the negative zone is like or at least where they are within the negative zone, because it's like another dimension. It's a very craggy, barren landscape with uh, a green glowing lava-like substance. Now, was it green in the earlier trailer? You know, I'm not sure. I don't think we saw much of that. It was mountainous, but that's about it. Yeah, I thought they showed kind of similar scene, but I don't remember it being green. I remember it just being very dark. Could be completely off on that, but yeah, I just, I don't remember the green. We also get a, a better look at Doom, or, you know, he's not Dr. Doom. Victor Dolmachev, I think his name is in this, which is a little better than Von Doom. <laughs> and he, his 
body seems to be transforming into like that metallic look instead of the mask. And there's like little cracks in the metal and, and they're a similar green glow. Is uh, Doom, are they still going with the disgruntled blogger for his backstory? <laughs> I remember seeing articles about that and it was just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, wow. Sneaky. I didn't see Here's- that. Here's what the wiki says about uh, uh, Dr. Doom. This is from the Wikipedia selection about the movie. A computer technician and a computer scientist who is adopted to a certain capacity by Dr. Storm. Blah, blah, blah. That's actually not what I wanted to say. Never mind. It doesn't say anything about... It just says a computer technician and computer scientist. So I assume, yeah. He probably has a blog, sure. Okay, yeah, so that, at least computer scientists, that's, okay, that's a little better. I know the <laughs> early reports, it, they mentioned him, like, being a blogger or something like that, and I was just like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> his his first evil act is blocking the Twitter accounts of the Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, well, computer scientists, okay, my hopes for this movie are getting a little better. <laughs> it It does say he was angry, vengeful, and bright, working at this Baxter company. But then later in the wiki, it's dispelling the rumors that he was a hacker or a blogger. Uh. But it says, <laughs> he's, and then the wiki says, but no, Victor Von Doom is who we hope he will be, even though he's not Von Doom. Yeah, I I, I was very happy. I didn't even want Dr. Doom in, in this just yet anyway. Yeah, there's so many other characters they could have gone with, you know? Yeah. Better than Mole Man, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> but still, like you said, there's so many other great characters that Fox probably has the rights to. I I, I almost want to see them take another crack at Galactus. Yeah. But maybe in future sequels. We'll see. I mean, if the Jessica Alba and Michael Chiklis <laughs> Fantastic Four can, can manage to get a sequel made, I mean, this deserves five. Yeah. <laughs> Already from the trailer. My position on this has changed a little bit. I I love this. I am so excited to see this. To me, this movie has absolutely nothing to lose. It's in, like, the perfect position. Better than any of these other movies. It's just, it's the one movie this year that can't possibly disappoint, in my mind. Because it's starting from such a low place. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) they're just like, don't get your hopes up, fans. A lot of people are mad about Human Torch being African-American. It's like, I think he's going to be great. Like, Michael B. Jordan's a great actor. Yeah, that, that, I have no issues with that whatsoever. No. I mean, it, it did annoy me that, you know, the Human Torch is now Captain America. Yeah, that, but, that was upsetting But at the to same me. time, he's such a Captain America. <laughs> that, like, that, yeah, it, that works. I'm not too familiar with the actor that plays the thing. So we'll we'll see how his character looks. Although it doesn't look like there's going to be much acting, it looks a lot of <laughs> looks like a lot of CGI for him yep. as the thing. So, and his look didn't bother me that much. No, that was fine. Of course, he could use a pair of pants. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we we kind of get the sense of story here that we we know that Doctor Doom or I shouldn't I got to stop calling him Doctor Doom. So such a silly name but we know that doom has some grand nefarious scheme and that the military wants to use the fantastic four despite the objections of dr storm so that's pretty much all we know right and i like at the end where of the trailer where it says see it on premium large format screens (laughs) 
They can't even get an IMAX release. <laughs> and they bailed on the 3D as well. Oh, did they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like you said, after those last movies, it's... Uh, <laughs> that pretty much you know just that sigh kind of sums up you know fantastic four movies as a whole so far just yeah all right i don't know (laughs) my thoughts on this one it's if they changed it just kind of a little bit and made it like a, a new team of you know superheroes so it wasn't the fantastic four just a whole new franchise or whatever my expectations might all right this it's a you know superhero movie all right cool you know whatever i'll watch it but it's like all right it's the fantastic four we've seen it be awful before Uh, all right (laughs) yeah it's it's, already a beaten dead horse yeah yeah so i mean (laughs) i am i am gonna see it i'm not gonna say oh forget this again you know Mm -hmm. i will watch it but i'm i have zero plans to see it in the theaters i'm just going to wait until my local library has a copy of the DVD and then I'll watch it. That's <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I know starting it, you know, like a generic new superhero team from scratch, you know, it's not going to have much hype behind it, but, yeah. and they got to keep on, you know, they want, they don't want to lose, you know, the fantastic four back to Marvel by not making a movie. So yeah, that's, that's, that should definitely be noted is this, that's the, probably the main reason why this movie's being made. Yeah. And, that, and that's issues. another reason why I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> well, for a movie like that, it's got a budget of $122 million. Wow. Yeah. So that... I mean, they're trying, I'll give them that, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes, Definitely. And the other thing, too, is, you know, there was hopes early on that maybe because Fox had the rights to X-Men, Fantastic Four, and Spider-Man, that maybe all of these storylines will maybe someday cross over, converge in the future. And it's like, well, now Spider-Man's back to Marvel, and now X-Men seems to be set in the 80s and maybe 90s for the the next one because it's going to be an all-younger cast. So Fantastic Four is kind of on their own now. There's no one to cross over with. Yeah, and it, and Marvel kind of ended the comic series too, didn't it? Oh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, Marvel's, they are kind of, I, I, I'm not too happy with this. They're doing this with X-Men too. I, I understand to highlight the Avengers right now because they're the, the hot property, but they're really burying X-Men and, you know, Fantastic Four. Uh, and I, I understand there's financial reasons for it too, but... yeah. But it it just kind of seemed like, all right, well, we don't want to give them any more characters that they can use in their property. So, yeah, we're just going to shut down the comic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this and this is a along with Avengers, too. But these are foundations of the company. It's the first family. Yeah. So, again, cautious optimism, uh, a little more than heroes. Uh, I am. I'm definitely looking forward to this. Uh, as you may know about me, I love cheesy movies anyway especially cheesy superhero movies so i'm getting this movie anyway i might as well put in my pre-order for the blu-ray already so (laughs) no matter what it ends up being yeah my my optimism definitely higher than heroes yes (laughs) by a long shot yeah i'm definitely excited for this movie as well and i mean i'm with you i love you know cheesy movies i love movies that are like so bad they're good like i actually i enjoyed the ghost rider movies because I mean, it's it's Nicolas Cage. He's overacting everything. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I, 
it's not a great movie, but it's enjoyable because it's it's fun to watch because it's just so insane. <laughs> so we'll see. I feel like that could be the title of this podcast is like, <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll get into some, some things with a better chance of being good. Next up is another trailer that probably got little recognition, but uh, certainly should be noted. It's the trailer for Con Man. And this is a, a new Vimeo On Demand web series starring Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk. And it was crowdfunded through Indiegogo. And it's the story of two actors that were beloved for their work on the now-canceled cult sci-fi show Spectrum. And one of the actors, Jack Moore, played by Nathan Fillion, went on to be this famous film actor, while the, the other, our main character, Ray Nearly, played by Alan Tudyk, uh, struggles to find work knowing that he'll probably never do anything better in his life than his role that he played on Spectrum. I absolutely loved how it's just blatantly using Fox as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I could not find anything wrong with this trailer. I thought it was hilarious, and I can't wait for the first episode. Yeah, it was... It, I saw, you know, it was going up, you know, and the, the videos that they had on the uh, Indiegogo site were just... They were all hilarious, all their little, you know, like, oh, we're doing an update, you know, hey, this is what we want to do, and every single one of them was absolutely hysterical. And, I mean, just... Yeah, they ended up raising over $3 million, and it was like 735% of what they were looking for. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> you know, a lot of times you're like, oh, all right, it's a crowdfunding movie. You know, you kind of aren't expecting it to look amazing. This thing looks amazing. You know, just like the quality like of, of the video and the trailer, it's it's awesome. It looks really good. And Oh, yeah, it's like a regular, it's like a real TV show. Yeah. For sure. And have you guys seen just like the cast that's in it is, you know, like all these cameos and everything. It's like Sean Astin, uh, Felicia Day. Uh, oh, I love Felicia Day. Yeah. Summer Glau's in it. Michael Dorn, Seth Green, James Gunn, Allison Hayslip, Henry Rollins, Fred Stoller, Casper Van Dien, Will Wheaton, and then oh. uh, Gina Torres, who was also in Fireflies in it. And I saw Joss Whedon in there, too, very briefly. Yeah. Yeah, and to your point about the money they raised, I was looking this up. It raised $1 million the first day. It raised $1.4 million through the first 36 hours, and it finished with a total of $3,124,214. It's just like way beyond their wildest uh, expectations. Yeah, and, you know, because it did so well, they were able to actually do additional episodes, which is awesome. Oh, definitely. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I've... Got the email, you know, that they're getting ready to send out the Blu-rays hopefully soon. Oh, very cool. So, yeah. So, you, I, you were a contributor to this project? Yep, yep. I was in uh, day one. Now, were you, a, were you a big fan of the Firefly series? I was, yeah. And that was a smart idea. I mean, Heroes should have t taken a page from this, you know. You, you have that fan base, and instead of kind of revisiting it and take a different take on the, on the story, maybe. Yeah. I should also note that Alan Tudyk wrote and directed every one of these episodes. Yeah, he's really. Yeah, he's been like the other stuff he's been in is really good too. Um, oh shoot, what was the name of that? He did like a horror comedy. Oh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah, that was, I I enjoyed that one. That was a fun movie. Did he was he in A Knight's Tale? And he was in Dodgeball. 
Yes, he was. <laughs> Steve the pirate. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Alan, and he was in A Knight's Tale, yeah. Alan Tudyk was in A Knight's Tale. He played Watt. He's an awesome actor. He was in Frozen, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Big Hero 6. Mm-hmm. And he voiced the Green Arrow in a video game that I play. Oh, wow. <laughs> he was in Arrested Development, too. Who was he in Arrested Development? Uh, Pastor Veal. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's funny going back to Arrested Development, some of the earlier seasons, and seeing, <laughs> like, all these people as small characters with very little lines, and it's like, oh, my goodness, like, that's Kevin from The Office, or yeah. that's uh, Phyllis from The Office. There's a, there's a lot of people from other shows that show show up in that. All right, done a lot of voice acting. Yeah. Not to totally <laughs> just harp on all the things that he's been in. <laughs> to get that Disney money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a gravy train and I like that this show is kind of like it's not true to his life exactly but it's based on a lot of his experiences because being in Firefly which was a, a cult sci-fi series those those actors you know in, in shows like that make a lot of Comic Con appearances there are other sci-fi convention appearances and have to deal with some of the stranger characters you know so it's just, it's pretty funny to take a, a humorous take on that. And I, I liked in the in the trailer, uh, they were like, and, and we're not going to crowdfund. Yeah, so this is this is one I'm definitely, you know, I definitely will watch. I mean, I've already got the Blu-ray coming my way, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm in on this one. Yeah, I'll definitely yeah. be checking this out. I, I I thank you for bringing it to our attention because this is kind of one of those things that kind of escaped my notice. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, now we get into some of the bigger trailers from Comic-Con. And next up, Suicide Squad. Written and directed by David Ayer, scheduled to be released August 5th, 2016. And this is the story of a team of villains assembled as a task force. If anything goes wrong, they can be blamed. They have built-in deniability that way, and it's going to be very interesting to see how this pans out. I think the portrayal of the Joker is absolutely atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> the acting, I'm not so fond of in the case of the Joker either. However, I think that I'll still be able to enjoy this movie without that destroying the entirety of the movie, just because I love the Suicide Squad so much. See, for me, I'm, I mean, we haven't really seen a whole lot, you know, of the Joker. It's definitely a different look on it. I don't, I don't mind it that much. I mean, every single iteration of the Joker has been, you know, kind of unique on, but. Yeah, I that's true. I, it's Heath Ledger for me. I'll, till the day I die, he'll be my <laughs> favorite Joker. It should be said too, that when Heath Ledger was announced to be the next Joker, Everyone was just like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, this is going to be terrible. Isn't that that guy from, like, 10 Things I Hate About You or whatever? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's like, the, the main movie that everyone pointed to. You know, no, nothing with any action in it, but that, that movie. Not A Knight's Tale starring uh, Alan Tudyk, but, yeah, so... And he exceeded all expectations, you know, to the point where he's, like, the first superhero movie Oscar winner. So, we'll, we'll see. 
Yeah, and like and it's, like Kevin said, they're all every iteration is completely different. So yeah, and the thing with with Jared Leto is like he is you know he throws himself into a role like really really into a role. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I mean it's you know if you see anything he's done, it's like man. <laughs> the th- the problem I have with the Joker, it's like. Okay, let's put a bunch of tattoos on the Joker, and that's going to show that he's troubled. Like, that'll give him that edge. When I don't know. I think it's just not the right aesthetic. He had a danger mouse tattoo. Did you guys see that? (laughs) 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 I mean, everyone knows tattooed people are a bunch of weirdos, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, that's a little lame to me. Well, I appreciate the fact that they're trying to make him look different than the other Jokers. And he has, like, a grill? I don't understand what the grill is about. Yeah, that was a little Silvery weird. But teeth. Although yeah. I, I did hear one theory on that, and it kind of ties into a trailer we're going to look at later. But basically has to do with uh, the reason he has those is because Batman smashed his face in after he killed Robin. So. Oh, okay. That's, okay. you know, that's just a theory I heard. I have no clue if it's accurate or not, but I guess it could work for me. Overall, you know, this... This trailer, it's like, I almost, I almost wish that DC could do what Marvel did with, you know, kind of tying the movie and the TV series together. Because it's like, we've already seen the Suicide Squad in, you know, Arrow. And, yeah. I mean, well, I wasn't a huge fan of how they did Katana or Captain Boomerang or, yeah, or how they did <laughs> most of it. But, you know, uh, would have been nice if they could have kind of tied them together. Now, we should just kind of go through this trailer. We start with, like, a dinner scene, and we see Amanda Waller. She's uh, a a very classic character in the DC Comics, played by Viola Davis. And she's explaining to some officials that she can assemble some of the world's most dangerous criminals as a task force for good. And these people are described as the worst of the worst. And uh, if anything goes wrong, it's on them. And they can totally wash their hands of it. And Waller explains that getting people to act against their own self-interest is what she does for a living. Now, this is the second time we've seen the character of Amanda Waller in recent years. Uh, she was played by Angela Bassett in the Green Lantern movie. So this is kind of an indication that, you know, that and the fact that Deadpool's coming out. Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern has nothing to do with this cinematic universe that DC is establishing here. Which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> My book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I and I do like that they make a crack about uh, Green Lantern in the Deadpool trailer. He makes, like, some comment about, like, he wants... But he, he makes, like, some crack about, like, he doesn't want his suit to be animated or something like that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Now, one thing I noticed about this trailer, as I'm sure all of you did, it was very Harley Quinn-heavy and Joker-heavy. Yeah. And uh, we see the uh, Harley Quinn. She's played by uh, Margot Robbie. I believe that was her in the cage, right? Hanging upside down? Yes. She's hanging like a gymnast there and uh, in this isolated cell in the middle of this large room. And uh, we we get this operatic rendition of the Bee Gees 1968 hit, I Started a Joke. <laughs> so, so very clearly showing us who the star of this movie is going to be. Yeah, well, I guess this, for people unfamiliar with the Suicide Squad, the most recognizable figures. Joker's star of the show. You know, they haven't released stills of the other characters quite like they released of you know the concept art of joker when that was kind of big on social media oh yeah 
he's going to be the the main character. I I can't expect him to be killed off in this movie. <laughs> and uh, we, we see other villains in their cells in prison. Uh, we see Killer Croc wheeled out like Hannibal Lecter at one point. <laughs> Uh, we see a lot of Will Smith as the character Deadshot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, is when you can get a guy like Will Smith to be in your in your kind of like second or third tier superhero movie. Man, you know, put him front and center. Yeah, so Deadshot's not going to be wearing his mask for a lot of this movie, I bet. Oh, no, I can't imagine. Yeah. But he, he does. We do see him in the mask early. Yep. So that's probably from his, you know, former life. And uh, so we, we do see him like rappelling down the side of a building in his complete Deadshot getup. Will Smith is given the honor of the titular line. He says, uh, <laughs> I wrote it down here. He says, uh, I, I looked at my kingdom. I was finally there to sit on my throne. I oh, know that's a wrong, wrong titular <laughs> line. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, no, he says, uh, so that's it, huh? We're the Patsies. We're some kind of suicide squad. And it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Reminds me of that scene in Corman's uh, Fantastic Four movie where Sue Storm's, like, mother or grandmother is like, Look at you. You're the Fantastic Four. (laughs) (laughs) But, man, this trailer has a lot of action. Yeah. A lot of action, a lot of gunfighting. A lot of lights inside of cars. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That can't be safe. (laughs) No, no, yeah. A lot of distracted driving. (laughs) You know, you got the lights on in the car, you got a bat guy on the top of the car banging on the roof, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yeah, we do, we do get uh, a lot of indication that this will be connected to the other movies in the works, because like Kevin said, we see Batman holding on to Joker's car for dear life, and uh, we see Harley Quinn inside. We, d- we get a mention of Superman early in the trailer, too, in that dinner scene. This is all part of Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad, and all the other movies in the works. They're all going to be connected. And I believe it is confirmed that Ben Affleck will be making a cameo. Yes. We're not just going to see Batman as a hood ornament in one scene or anything. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this trailer finishes, obviously, with the reveal of Jared Leto. And they obscure him as much as they possibly can, like he's behind a lamp or something. And uh, he comes out and tells this unknown victim, you know, no, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to hurt you really, really bad. Uh, yeah, one other getting into some of the other characters, you know, just kind of the, you know, movie riffing in me. I, I'm right as I'm watching it, I write, oh, it's nice to see Jack Waite getting some work as the Enchantress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Enchantress is in this as yep. well. Yes. And then uh, I also had, uh, hey, Harley looks like Britta from Community. Yeah, you know, I thought it's funny you mentioned that. I thought this was Julia Jacobs at the beginning. I had to go down the IMDb list and yeah, it looked just like her. Yeah, this this is one I'm most likely gonna end up seeing this in the theaters i think um i know my wife definitely wants to go see it so i think this one will be all right they got some big names big budget i I can't imagine it disappointing yeah and it's you know it's a different take on things where you know you got the bad guys fighting badder guys i guess you could say I, I hate to make the comparison, but this kind of reminded me of X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> if you guys want to see uh, a bunch of villains working together as a team, yep, it's a kind of already been done, but it, I mean, the trailer already exceeds the movie of uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, so. Yeah. Another thing is, like, I'm more versed in Marvel than DC. I wasn't really a big DC reader, and so, like, I honestly had not 
really heard of the Suicide Squad, and I was kind of interested in going back and, and reading more about this team. I didn't realize they are older than the Justice League. Yeah. They made their debut in the Brave and the Bold, number 25. That's three whole issues before Justice League made their debut. I mean, obviously those characters existed in other forms, but the actual talking about the actual team. And obviously, this Suicide Squad in the movie is not the Suicide Squad from the September 1959 issue. Uh, that was no. completely different, except for uh, Rick Flagg. I'm not sure if it's the same Rick Flagg that we see in the movie, but there is a Rick Flagg, or, you know, I, I don't know if it's senior and junior. Again, I'm not well-versed in DC, but there is, there is a connection to the very first team. And uh, the other thing is, if you own any Suicide Squad comics, uh, you might want to check what they're going for now, because those values have skyrocketed. Their, their first appearance now, I'm, I'm looking at some, one site has a really trashed issue, of Brave and the Bold number 25 going for $895. And even their their volume 1 release in 1987, I think it is. The first issue of that now goes for like $50 in good condition. And those those were previously found in like dollar bins. So if you have any of those comics, you might want to drag them out and I've heard other people say that it's a good time to sell. So kind of interesting how uh, people jump on those trends. Yeah, it's it's pretty mindless. <laughs> yeah. And just to, just to give a rundown of who is going to be in this Suicide Squad, we have uh, Will Smith playing Deadshot, and his character is from Batman number 59 from June 1950. Another very old character. I'm trying to think, he kind of looked like the Penguin almost in, in that. He had like a top hat or something. That's funny. You know, Jared Leto is a Joker, obviously. Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. She's the most recent character. Uh, if you ever watched Batman the Animated Series, which is an awesome cartoon. She's yeah. from season one of that. I believe that's like 1992 or something. I She's the most so. recent. Yeah, I've, I I have the uh, the box set that came out uh, of that dirt cheap, and just had one copy of it, and I grabbed it as soon as oh, I wow. saw it. That's awesome. the uh, The leader of the Suicide Squad is going to be Rick Flag Jr., played by Joel Kinnaman. Uh, Jai Courtney is going to be Boomerang. Cara Delevingne is going to be the Enchantress. Viola Davis, Amanda Waller. Adwale Akinue Agbaje, I apologize for the pronunciation. He's going to be Killer Croc. Now, how'd you guys like the look of Killer Croc in this? I mean, it's. I was kind of curious to see what they were going to do. I mean, you see how he looks in the comics, and it's like, how were they going to make that work? I, I guess that works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a similar. It, although it reminded me of uh, some of the characters from the Super Mario Brothers movie a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and I guess the background for this movie is it's a skin condition. Oh. <laughs> so no no superpowers or accidents there. Karen Fukuhara is going to be Katana. Jay Hernandez is going to be El Diablo. This is, I think, the third character to take on the mantle of El Diablo. So he's the most recent character. I believe this version of El Diablo is from September 2008. And Adam Beach is going to be Slipknot. And so that's going to be the lineup for this movie. So again, yeah, just a, a lot of fan interest and something that they can probably, you know, write in with pen that they're going to make all their money back and then some. And hopefully it's a good piece in this foundation of this Justice League 
universe, shared universe that they're they're trying to build. And even though I'm a Marvel fan, I am rooting for this DC universe. Although this movie, I will probably wait till it's on like FX or something. <laughs> to be honest with you, DC needs a good release. I'm I'm rooting for this movie. I, I think this one will be good. All right, so now we move on to another movie which kind of stirred up some controversy at Comic-Con, and this is X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, God. (laughs) I don't know about you guys, but I found this trailer insufferable. I don't know why. If it's an action movie, like, I want the trailer to make me feel excited and thrilled and, like, there's a bunch of action in it, but it was, like, this weird, like chanty song behind it with just flat pulsating images i don't know yeah well in fairness because there's a lot (laughs) going on here there's a lot written about it in fairness to the creators of this there's only been five weeks of filming okay and they really wanted to put something out there for the fans you know something special so they cut basically what they had and they're going to be filming i think into september so I, I can't jump on this too much. There's some things that, honestly, as a big X-Men fan, I found a little disappointing. But, again, five weeks of filming. And just uh, just to give you the background here, th- this is the story of the X-Men now having successfully altered the uh, grim dystopian future of Days of Future Past, now face this new powerful foe. He's an immortal mutant who's been worshipped as a deity since the time of ancient Egypt. And this is... Apocalypse, played by Oscar Isaac, who's cashing in this year. These stories by Dan Harris, uh, Michael Doherty, Brian Singer, and Simon Kinberg, and directed by Brian Singer, and it's scheduled to be released May 27th, 2016. So it's a long way away. Before this, uh, at Comic-Con, we got some concept art. If you look up the Wikipedia page of uh, X-Men Apocalypse, you'll see it as the image. Uh, It's basically a three-quarters profile drawing of Apocalypse's face, and it's above a pile of rubble and burning ruins that was once the Xavier School for Gifted Mutants. It was also leaked out that the four horsemen of Apocalypse, traditionally in the comic, he has four henchmen throughout the centuries that assist him. For this movie, he is going to convert Magneto, Psylocke, Storm, and Angel. So what did you guys think of this trailer? I mean, again, we shouldn't even call it a trailer. It was just kind of a glimpse, kind of a sneak peek. Somebody filmed it on their phone and put it on the web, and Fox did everything they could to take down, you know, every video they could find. So it, it wasn't ready yet, I, so we shouldn't call it a trailer. But what did you guys think of this taste of the movie? Well, I mean, Psylocke looks exactly like Psylocke from the comics, so, I mean, that's good. Uh, I, I yeah. didn't have much. My notes, it just says X-Men. That that was as, as much as I wrote down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm not a super huge X Men fan. I kind I prefer DC to Marvel. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, the tra- I we shouldn't call it a trailer, like you said. But this particular conglomeration of music and <laughs> imagery <laughs> didn't leave me like super excited because I wasn't excited about it to begin with. So yeah, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it it's it's i mean it's hard to tell because like you said it's not really a real trailer plus you know it was filmed on someone's cell phone so you know (laughs) yes for whatever reason the image was you know reversed on on the footage as well probably to you know (laughs) sneak past 
the YouTube police that, yes. you know, but I did like you kind of get glimpses of, you know, kind of the traditional, you know, outfits that that the X-Men had, which was cool. Um, you know, Storm's got a mohawk. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think who, who else did they show? Is Psylocke, like I mentioned. Um, was it Jubilee that they kind of briefly showed? Yeah, Jubilee is going to be in this. Yeah. Uh, like you said, Psylocke, uh, Young Storm. Yeah, we're going to see the characters that we were familiar with from the very beginning, from X-Men, X2, X3, as children. We're going to see how they join the X-Men. So uh, there's going to be a young Cyclops as well, a young Jean Grey, a young Nightcrawler. Uh, Caliban, if you're familiar with his character, is going to be in this. There's going to be a lot of mutants younger. I'm, Gambit might be in this, from what I hear. And it's it's kind of interesting that now, because Wolverine altered the future, these characters now grow up in a different way. It kind of resets things. I kind of like that. In fact, we were kind of talking about, you know, X-Men, X2, X3. Now, I don't mind X3 as much. Because now, instead of it being the main story of these characters, it's now an alternate timeline. So, you know what? I don't care if Cyclops gets killed and Professor X gets killed and Jean Grey gets killed. You know, it's a, it's an alternate timeline. It doesn't exist anymore. So, I can kind of watch that and realize that and not feel as bad. Yeah, it's, it, yeah we definitely, we were both kind of talking about that the other day. And then, uh, yesterday, I was, while I was you know, making notes on these trailers, uh, X3 actually came on the, on TV and I <laughs> stopped and <laughs> I rewatched it. So it's, I hadn't seen it in a long time and yeah, I mean, sort of the same deal. It's not the greatest movie, but you know, it's not all that bad. And, and like you said, you know, that doesn't matter anymore. So yeah, I mean, I loved X-Men. I loved X2. It kind of went off the rails, and First Class really brought it back for me. I think Michael Fassbender as Magneto is just incredible, and I'm one of the ones that doesn't mind Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I think he's great. I know a lot of people are kind of sick of him at this point, but I like how Days of Future Past made that transition. I thought that was an excellent movie, and so I don't mind now letting go of that old cast and getting invested in this new cast. But this is going to be very critical for uh, Fox and the, the creators of these films uh, that we're going to be introduced to a lot of new characters that we're going to stick with for a while. And so it's, this is the, the handoff, you know, the passing of the torch from that last movie. And now these characters are going to have to take that torch and run with it here. And uh, hopefully they, they make some good strides early on. All right, and just going into what we see here, for those that haven't seen it, uh, we see Jean Grey, the young Jean Grey, waking up from a, a sound sleep and saying that she just saw the end of the world. And uh, Xavier, James McAvoy, tells her, you know, it's just a dream, don't worry. Uh, we get a our first look at the character of Apocalypse. And uh, like Kevin said, we see Storm with a mohawk, which she did have in the 80s. And it was kind of during a time where Storm had this rebellious streak, where she was kind of like the straight-laced leader, and then she kind of shaved her head and looked a little different. Uh, so I like that this version of Storm becomes a horseman of apocalypse, the Mohawk Storm, because you can't imagine any other Storm being wishy-washy with her values at this time. Uh, we, we get it at the end a scene of James McAvoy bald, and so this is where, I guess, <laughs> the male pattern baldness uh, kicks in for <laughs> Professor X. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be disappointed in this, like I said, because it's 
so early on. I, I do have some issues, and I'm not alone, but Apocalypse's look is a little goofy. Uh, he's wearing the, this blue suit of armor, very consistent with the comics. He has completely blue skin, which I thought was kind of strange. In the comics, he's supposed to have, like, a pale skin with, like, blue lips. That's kind of, like, what distinguishes him as a child. And uh, I think that would be a little more realistic. It was just kind of weird. Uh, Entertainment Weekly released a photo. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it. It has what it has Apocalypse along with Storm and Psylocke. And I'm going to have to politely disagree with Kevin here uh, that I didn't like Psylocke wearing her exact costume from the comics. You know, I hope there's a good explanation for this and like Storm's wearing a cape and everything. It, it was established all the way back in the first X-Men movie. You remember that line of dialogue where Cyclops tells Wolverine, you know, what did you expect, yellow spandex? Yeah. That was supposed to tell us that, you know, don't expect what you see from the comics to be translated to the, the movie screen. And now all these years later, yeah, now I kind of am expecting yellow spandex. <laughs> Maybe there's a good explanation for this. Maybe Apocalypse recruits them, you know, at a, a cosplay event. We will have to see. <laughs> that being said, it's not that bad. I, I, I do joke around. Uh, there's another scene in this with Apocalypse, and he doesn't look as bad as in that photo. I know a lot of people on social media has been comparing him to Ivan Ooze, who is a character from Power Rangers. Uh, if you want to Google that image, <laughs> that's probably worth looking at. Or, or uh, what was it that uh, I watched stuff said? It was like a, he was angry and embarrassed that no one else did the California Raisins as a Stargate villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot to poke fun at here. But again, it's it's a promo photo, so, you know. A lot can be changed. CGI enhancements have yet to be made. In fact, I believe Brian Singer even said beforehand, like, there's a lot of special effects not used here yet. I think it was a big mistake even showing this. You know, show some concept art, because it's going to be a year away. That I think that would have been fine. Just even the fact that they were there to show some things and have the cast out there would have been good enough. The other notable thing was... At the Comic-Con panel, Hugh Jackman was there. Uh, it's not been confirmed yet whether he's in the movie or not, so it was interesting to see him there. And uh, they showed some early audition footage of him, and he said something to the effect of, you know, look how young I was. Talk about old man Logan. <laughs> and uh, then he said, make of that what you will. So, I mean, I don't know if they're in talks for an old man Logan movie. I, I believe he's still going he's, he's to make got, a sequel yeah, to Wolverine. Yeah, I was going to say, he's got one more. I think I heard him say, like, he's got one more Wolverine movie and that's it. So, so I don't know. Maybe Old Man Logan or maybe they'll maybe they'll do Death of Wolverine or something. I hope not. Have them live <laughs> happily ever after. Oh, don't worry. They'll just go and change the future again and everything will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, time travel back to the 1800s and get, like, Kid Wolverine now to join the, the cast or something. Or some other alternate universe or something. <laughs> it drives me uh, nuts with comics. It's like I'm trying to read it and there's like all these different, you know, like, wait a minute. Wait, how is that? Oh, no, that's a different, you know, all right. <laughs> oh, I know. You, you look at like Earth 616 and every every number possible now is like an Earth something. Yeah. I loved, speaking of alternate futures, the Age of Apocalypse comics. That was like, that. those came out when I was like, I don't know, 12 or 13 years old, and I just loved them. And I collected all of them, and then they came out with an omnibus, I bought that. Loved reading those comics, and it was about how somebody went back in time and killed Professor Xavier by accident. They were trying to kill Magneto, 
kill Professor X instead. And we saw what the future would be like without Professor X. What we learn is that Apocalypse comes to rise earlier than expected because there's no X-Men in his way. Uh, Magneto kind of takes up the mantle of Xavier and gets some of these mutants together. A lot of them that we know from our timeline as X-Men. It's... It was a great story, and it was all about restoring reality. They were going to make this the Age of Apocalypse movie. Uh, they were kind of nervous about using age in their title because of Age of Ultron just recently coming out. Mm. And there was another age movie, Age of something. Men of a certain age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want people to get confused with that TV show. You're like, where's Ray Romano? <laughs> <laughs> uh. So this is kind of along those lines where Wolverine now altered history, bringing now rise to Apocalypse and his plans, maybe earlier than expected. And so I'm very intrigued in that part of the story. I know they're not going to be extremely faithful to the comics, nor can they be at this point. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Also notable about this Comic-Con panel is that uh, Channing Tatum, who's going to play Gambit, and Ryan Reynolds, who's going to play Deadpool, uh, they came out and surprised everybody. And so it's kind of leading us to suspect that these characters will make cameos. It's pretty generally assumed now that Deadpool will be the post credit sequence leading us into the Deadpool movie and possibly an <laughs> X-Force movie. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so that, what, what are your thoughts on the uh, the Deadpool movie? I'm looking forward to that one. The uh, the footage that they showed at Comic-Con, like that that trailer, looks exactly like I would expect. So they, they've actually gone and they fixed Deadpool. So <laughs> yes. compared oh, to yeah. what they had done before. so He has a mouth this time? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, I mean, not to harp on you know x-men origins wolverine which is just like beating a, a well-deceased horse but oh that the guys called the merc with the mouth and what do they do they remove his mouth yeah for and the, it, for that movie. <laughs> with that movie it was like ryan reynolds is going to be deadpool i'm like that's perfect he's you know like that is who i would envision like that's him like yeah. the sarcastic you know and then nope all right they screwed it up but yeah no it definitely looks like like they've They've fixed it, and it's it's going to be a hard R rating on it. That's what I would expect. Yeah, I mean, if you're going <laughs> to do Deadpool. it right, that's the way you got to do it with, with a Deadpool movie. Yeah, he's a pretty violent character. Yeah, like you said, that's pretty much what you figure was going to happen with it. I mean, they haven't released a rating yet. Same with the Suicide Squad movie. So, yeah, it's not one to take the kids to. No, I guess not. <laughs> it has been confirmed by Ryan Reynolds that this character, this version of Deadpool, will have no connection to the X-Men Origins Wolverine Deadpool. I was kind of curious about that, if they were going to just, because it is still a Fox property, uh, if they were going to say, all right, well, we, they they injected him with something to activate his, um, you know, his healing factor, because Deadpool does have a healing factor as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe that kind of restored his body. But yeah, they're just going to start from scratch. And it is a compelling story. I don't know if you guys were into any of the Deadpool comics. Yeah, I've, I've read a bunch yeah, of them uh, recently, actually. Um, and it, I, I've, it just cracks me up that, you know, you get people like Brian Posehn, you know, doing the writing on stuff. A lot of comedians, yep. like guys with comedic backgrounds. and but, but there is like a serious story there. You know, this was a man suffering with cancer and, you know, turning to this last resort for a cure. And it kind of like messed with his mind his brain's kind of all scrambled and 
So he's nuts, and he does break the fourth wall in the comics, as as you guys mentioned. And I, you know, you can definitely assume he'll be doing that in the movie, which is something we haven't seen yet. So it's it makes sense, you know, to to try something different with a character like this. Yeah, that's it's. I'm definitely gonna go see this one. Yeah, I'll wait till it's on FX. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna edit like half the movie out, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> the thirty minute presentation. Oh, and, you know, there was rumors uh, back when X-Men Origins Wolverine came out that they were going to do an X-Men Origins series, and there was going to be an X-Men Origins Magneto. And didn't you tweet, like, years ago, FX accidentally called it X-Men Origins Deadpool? Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, It was on TV, and, like, uh, the guide on Comcast, it said X-Men Origins Deadpool. And... You know, I saw it in the guide and was like, whoa, wait a minute. Did I completely like black out and miss this movie? What is going on? Uh, No, it was it was Wolverine. That was so weird. (laughs) And I I remember seeing that, too. And then I remember seeing your tweet and I'm like, yeah, what what is this? I thought maybe it was a different cut or something. But no, no, some idiot at Comcast. I was so upset. (laughs) All right, next up is something that we did not get a trailer for, but uh, definitely generated some excitement nonetheless. Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. And for those of you who don't know, which uh, I guess that would be three of you uh, in <laughs> worldwide, the, this is the first and eagerly anticipated 99% Lucas-free continuation of the space epic about the struggle between the dark and light side of the Force. They've made these before? <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of hard to find. They're uh-huh. kind of they're obscure art films. But yeah, th- this is actually a sequel, believe it or not. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll have to look into that. Now, two trailers have already been released for The Force Awakens. There was a short teaser trailer and a longer second trailer. And for those interested in hearing extensive breakdowns of those trailers, we have two hour-long episodes of this podcast in which we examine each of these trailers scene by scene. So please check those out if you're interested. Yeah, I'm so excited about this movie. Um, I think that they have the means to make another amazing movie and kind of, I don't know, make it up to the Star Wars fans that stuck it through episodes one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. Plus, just some of the minute details you see in the the trailers, like the design, the shifted design of the lightsabers or the CGI of the spaceships. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and seeing the, uh, the trailers in the theater, it's even more impressive. Uh, you know, like just watching it on my computer, it's like I've got a 27 inch monitor and, you know, wow, this looks great. And then, you know, went to a movie and saw it like on the big screen and holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Nothing matches that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Every indication so far is that they are doing this the right way. And it's so encouraging. Yeah. The the main thing being practical effects. That is huge. Yeah. You know, it it doesn't look cartoony. You know, it, it looks... It looks legit, so. Yeah, as uh, as our resident Star Wars expert Paul mentioned uh, in a previous episode, watching some of the prequels looked like he was watching, you know, the, the Clone Wars cartoon. <laughs> it, it was very ambitious by Lucas to, to use all that CGI, but it just, it's not the same. Now at Comic-Con, they did release a 3 minute 42 second reel of behind the scenes footage. And in it we see uh, a clapper board setting up shots in different scenes. 
I, I had to write all these down. We see first uh, a sandy landscape, and this is presumably that new area that we're, we're learning about, Jakku, which I, I think we had the wrong information in our previous episodes where we call it Juka. So, uh, yeah, Jakku, I think it's been corrected. Uh, we see uh, inside the Millennium Falcon, we see this dark blue hallway. You know, I'm assuming from the tonality of the scenery that this is, a, you know, a Sith base or a spaceship or something. Uh, we get R2-D2, another look at the, the new Stormtrooper design, and uh, our last scene was a, a tusked alien, this large guy, and, and he's reclining in a chair with this humanoid lady sitting next to him. It was a pretty neat character. Now, is the, the song, is, is that uh, Mad World, like, that was in Donnie Darko? I don't think so. It's it just reminded me of it for some reason. A very very somber tone for yeah. that. It's like <laughs> yeah, watch it like two or three times and I'm like I can't tell it it sounds maybe <laughs> different version of it. I don't know. Well, I mean this is all about familiar faces and yeah. worn out places, so. <laughs> That's that was what, you know, kind of made me think, well maybe it is, you know. <laughs> Musically telling us that it's a very serious thing and they're taking it very seriously. We know the fans are ver taking it very seriously, so that's much appreciated. It's you know, It wasn't a blooper reel or anything they were trying to show us here. Uh, we also get a series of production photos, more behind-the-scenes stuff. We see a, a crash-landed TIE fighter, and along with a small-scale model of it. One thing to note is that these TIE fighters, we get a better look at them here. They have dark bodies, white wings, and a red stripe along the body. And we know that, I, I think we're calling them the First Order now, the Empire. They have that Empire logo on a red banner, so that's consistent that there would be this, you know, red accent on these vehicles. Uh, we also see uh, a lot of shots of the Millennium Falcon, uh, a lot of animatronics, which uh, which is great to see, and uh, more of BB-8, who uh, on previous episodes we, we were kind of talking about that and wondering if it's, you know, a mix of CGI, if, if it actually is practical, and since then they've had exhibitions and stuff where they show that this BB-8 character is real. I mean, this is a remote control device. Yeah, it's it, based on that, was it Sphero or something like that? I forget what it is. It's like some little like ball robot thing. I I've seen it. I forget if it, like Best Buy or Brookstone or some some place like that. It's basically that, but with another piece on top that's kind of held on by magnets for huh. the uh, for the head. Yeah. It moves so so smoothly too. Yeah. Uh, we we get a, another look at Mark Hamill in this scene, and he says, "I had a, I wrote down this quote. It says, real sets, practical effects. You've been here." but you don't know this story. Nothing's changed, really. I mean, everything's changed, but nothing's changed. That's the way you want it to be, really. And, uh, yep, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Big emphasis in this video on practical effects, and that's exactly what we wanted. That's what was promised to us, and he's showing us, J.J. Abrams and the other creators are showing us that, yeah, that's exactly what they are doing. They're following through on that promise. Down with the green screen. <laughs> so we we see uh we even see some like traditional film cameras in this we see jj abrams addressing the crew on the first day of shooting and this is a real set i mean these people were sweltering including uh simon Pegg, who gets a cameo in this movie i had actually forgotten i had seen he mentioned something about that you know online somewhere and i had forgotten about that so i i went you know just to see you know, like if they had said who it is that he's playing and uh, of course it 
Google pulls up the uh, the Simon Pegg and Nick Frost Star Wars uh, scene oh, yeah. <laughs> from Paul, <laughs> which I had forgotten about that, and of course had to watch that again. <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> I also saw. Um, or I remembered actually that uh, Peg was also the voice of C-3PO in the Phineas and Ferb Star Wars episode. Oh, really? Yep. Huh. It's Disney, but not canon, in case you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> For those keeping track of Yes. Uh, and he was also the voice of Dengar in uh, Clone Wars Season 4. Oh, wow. He'll definitely jump at the chance to be connected to the Star Wars franchise yeah. in any way. So yep. that's awesome that, you know, I like when somebody that really has an appreciation for, you know the the Star Wars properties gets a chance to be in it you know yeah instead of just like remember George Lucas's daughter was like a fan of InSync oh, so right. <laughs> they were going to be in one of the movies <laughs> uh, we also get a quick montage of action scenes i mean there's there's a lot going on in these i noticed that there are some green screens in the background but it's important to note there's an abundance of practical effects as well there's real sets real models Real explosions. Did you see that explosion? Yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. Real flamethrowers, too. Yes. Stormtrooper with <laughs> oh a flamethrower. Uh, real steam shooting off Millennium Falcon's ramp. Even though it looked like these guys were, you know, sweating their butts off. We we see everyone's working. With, one guy says, I'm, I'm going to work smiling. Another person says, I can die now. So, I mean, they, they are just so psyched. Simon Pegg. He's got like this towel on his forehead to cool down. He's in this big suit. And uh, he said, my whole life has led to this moment. I'm in heaven. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, and just seeing someone like him who, you know, you know, he absolutely loves Star Wars. And if he's this excited, it's got to be something good. Or at yeah. least I would hope. <laughs> yes, definitely. But yeah, I mean, everything we've seen from this so far has been encouraging. They're taking the production of these Star Wars movies away from that slick CGI overuse and back to that tangible reality of the original trilogy. Uh, we even see Peter Mayhew, you know, the poor guy's now pushing 70, uh, if he's not 70 already, and he's in the Chewbacca costume again and, you know, saying, you know, back to the old days, the old way of doing things. Uh, we see um, a lot of people from the original trilogy for the first time as well. We see Carrie Fisher... Uh, Warwick Davis, uh, Anthony Daniels, uh, we got another look at Harrison Ford, so it's just, it's really great, you know, as a fan of these movies to see these, these folks back in there. Now, there was also another video of the entire Comic-Con panel, did you guys get to check that out? I did not, but I had, Neither did I had I. one quick question, so uh, there was one shot in, in the uh, footage where it shows, I think it's Ray in the Millennium Falcon with uh, Han Solo. Is she the daughter of Han and Leia? There were some questions about that. I, th I think Paul and I on a previous episode were talking more about that. It's not really like Sean even theorized that maybe she's related to the Skywalker clan on Luke's side uh, rather than Leia's side. So it'll be interesting to see whether she is, you know, within the family or if she's a new character altogether. And I'm, I'm kind of like on Paul's side of things where I'm, I just, I kind of like the idea that this is just a, a new character, new histories, and they're not being shoehorned in to the small circle of people in this entire galaxy, you know? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was just wondering. Yeah, I, I don't think that's clear yet. I know a lot of things have been leaked, uh, but I think that's something they're not really mentioning. They, they, J.J. Abrams at the Comic-Con panel was really making sure that, uh, 
they don't reveal much about the story. Just some highlights of the, the Comic-Con panel. We get to see the character of Baba Joe, and he's like this ostrich-like lizard alien, and he's, he's walking around with a cage of his young on his back. He was also in like a, I, I believe in a J.J. Abrams teaser video a few months back. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so now they actually brought this character out on stage. He's walking around, and, you know, his nostrils flare, his eyes move, and there's a person in there, but J.J. Uh, Abrams says that there's actually five people total that control this character. So it, they could just create this guy, you know, probably in a day on the computer, make him walk around and do whatever, but really taking the care to make it as realistic as possible. Oh and God. it moved great. You, you know, definitely go back and, and check out this YouTube video. See this character move around. Uh, some things were, were definitely confirmed to us. Uh, John Boyega's character, Finn, is in fact a stormtrooper. There were some questions we had whether he was a, a, a good guy that was, you know, disguised. Uh, but we, we find out that, yeah, he is a stormtrooper. Um, Adam Driver is Kylo Ren, who was that Sith in the metallic mask that we see in the second trailer. And so, yes, that, that Kylo Ren is the man in the mask. Uh, Donald Gleason it plays General Hux, and he is a First Order military commander at the Starkiller base. And uh, Starkiller was Luke Skywalker's original name, the original drafts of the movie. So kind of a, a nod to Lucas's early writings. And uh, the, we find out, this was already kind of leaked beforehand, but we find out that the reflective kind of chrome stormtrooper is uh, Gwendolyn Christie. She's playing Captain Phasma. And so it's kind of neat that this is a, um, this is like a captain stormtrooper. This is like a, a leader and, uh, it's an actual female stormtrooper. And I think she's on Game of Thrones too. I don't, I don't, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I, I guess she's like a, a warrior character. So she's like a perfect fit for a character like this. Also, Andy Serkis is going to be a character named Supreme Leader Snoke. Uh, I'm going to guess we don't see Andy Serkis's face as this character <laughs> since it is Andy Serkis. And uh, Lupita Nyong'o is going to be Maz Kanata, if I'm saying that right, and she's going to be a pirate. And uh, some other news, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, who is the president of Lucasfilm, reportedly confirmed that Star Wars Episodes 7 through 9 will all be part of the same saga. So that was what we assumed, but, you know, just confirmed. And the next Star Wars movie, which is called Rogue One, will begin filming in August. Oh my so God. they're going to be cranking these things out. Yep, that's that's one I'm I'm gonna see it. So, <laughs> yeah, same here. I'm pretty sure it's a must see. You know, we'll see how close it gets to Avatar. I mean, Avatar is now the uh, the all time leader at box office revenue. I think it topped a billion total, all you know, worldwide and everything. So, this is something that can really uh, make a good run at it. I can safely say I'm gonna like it better than Avatar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> True. <laughs> Oh, another thing to mention, at the end of that Comic-Con panel, they they did something special for all the fans. They all got special passes, everybody that was in that hall, and they all got to walk outside, and they were brought into a Star Wars music concert. Oh, that's and cool. They, yeah, they were treated to music from the movie and from the San Diego Symphony Orchestra. Really kind of a nice touch for them, so they all got to uh, go to do that. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I have the... Uh... Star Wars soundtrack on vinyl, actually. <laughs> oh, wow. 
So finally, we look at a trailer that uh, is very eagerly anticipated. It's a movie that's been rumored for many, many years. In fact, a poster of it can be seen in the movie I Am Legend in the background. It's Batman vs. Superman, or more specifically, Batman v. Superman, Dawn of Justice. And for those of you who don't know, it's the story of a masked vigilante taking on crime in a world struggling to come to terms with its new mysterious alien protector. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like that description. That's great. (laughs) Make it as vague as possible. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) So what'd you guys think of this trailer? I don't know about it. Um, The whole concept to me... It seems a little bit silly just because I grew up, you know, like watching the Justice League cartoons and I've always seen Batman and Superman as allies. So the whole, I'm like, ah, I don't want to see them like beating the crap out of each other. (laughs) However, all that being said, I I think it's going to be a good movie. I don't know how I feel about Ben Affleck playing Batman, though. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people share that concern, and including me. It, uh... I, I'm indifferent on that one. I, <laughs> Same I'm, here, yeah. I, I'm in a wait and see as far as Batfleck. <laughs> <laughs> Batfleck. Yeah, I don't know. I own the movie Daredevil. I have yet to pop it in. It is in pristine mint condition. <laughs> So, I mean, how did you think of, of Ben Affleck as Daredevil? Do you think he pulled off the superhero persona well? Uh, I think he did okay. It was just the movie sucked. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah. And there is a Rift Tracks for the Daredevil movie, so. That may be the way that that's, I finally do watch it. That's <laughs> probably the only way. I, I saw it at the uh, Dollar Theater, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm I'm willing to wait. On Ben Affleck, you know, kind of have that wait-and-see attitude. Um, the guy can act. Uh, I don't think he's going to do that cheesy Boston accent that he, uh, you know, brings out <laughs> once in a while. Uh, he can play serious, you know, if he needs to. He can throw in some comedy if he needs to. Uh, he's establishing himself as a great director. Uh, not that that's necessarily going to help him here. But, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just going to wait and see. Yeah, and, and he's... <laughs> Hasn't he already said that he's going to direct uh, his own Batman movie down the road? Oh, really? No, I see. I didn't hear that. Yeah, I think I think he's going to do a Batman standalone movie. Ten years ago, I would have been like, oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but um, No, I mean, like you said, he's, he's a good director, so. Yeah, that's not necessarily a bad thing. So just uh, to break down this trailer, uh, we see Superman in the middle of Senate hearings and protests. Which everybody yeah. loves in a movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I learned trade... anything from the early Star Wars movies. Yes, trade negotiations, embargoes. Love it. <laughs> Hopefully there's an accountant <laughs> character in this. Yes. But, uh, yeah, people begin to question after the, you know, Man of Steel story. Uh, they begin to question whether if one man should really be allowed to wield such power. Uh, we see another scene where the Wayne Financial Building is toppled, and Bruce Wayne, played by, you know, of course, Ben Affleck, he, he runs right into that cloud of debris. So this is, a, you know, a fearless character. We see him go to the Wayne Mansion. Well, it lo- looks pretty dilapidated, flooded, and, 
you know, kind of run down. So I don't know if this is kind of a place he's abandoned for yeah. a long time. I was kind of curious if the, uh, like when he runs towards the, the buildings as they're being destroyed and stuff like that, if that was a flashback to the previous movie, even. That's what I was thinking too. Cause it almost looks like a, like a heat ray beam or something that's yeah. slicing up I that mean, building. I have not seen the previous Superman movie, nor do I have any plans to. So <laughs> There's definitely a connection. This is the sequel uh, in that shared universe to Man of Steel. DC Cinematic Universe movie number two. So there, you know, we will see all the connections to that previous story and the consequences of that previous story. Uh, we, we see Bruce Wayne holds an article from the Daily Planet entitled Wayne Tower Devastated and scrawled... On it, in red, are the words, you let your family die. And I'm assuming that's probably from the Joker, judging by, like, the handwriting. Yeah, this is that cliched serial killer scrawl handwriting, so yeah, we could probably assume, you know, Joker's gonna be a major player in the story of the Justice League, which we're all, you know, we know that they're building to, so yeah. <laughs> Did you uh, catch on the newspaper that it was only dozens killed? Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, it says dozens killed. And I was, that seems a little low for wow. <laughs> that kind of description. <laughs> uh, it's funny you, you bring that out. I was nitpicking another part of that page where it says that the paper cost $2.50. Uh, since when do papers have the price on interior pages? That was definitely not the front page. Yeah. I, th I thought that was funny. Just, uh, I've never seen the price on an inside page before, but maybe the Daily Planet really wants to hit home that, you know, you're paying for, <laughs> for the news here. Yeah. And, um, another friend of mine, uh, pointed out that it, like, it looks like he pulled it out of, like, an envelope that was mailed to him. So whoever it was that sent it to him, I assume knows that he's Batman. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of leads to the, was that from the Joker? So. Yeah, very interesting. Okay. Yeah, and that would make sense why someone in Gotham City is reading a Metropolis newspaper. Yep. And the handwriting matches something that we'll get to in a little bit, too, I yes. think. Uh, we After this, we get a little bit of Bruce Wayne training, uh, you know, pulling weights. And, uh, you know, he's definitely a, a driven man now, very angry. This is a, a very dark Batman, which is good, you know, as, as we wanted from before. We get another look at the suit here. Uh, it almost looks like bandages, like, you know what I mean? Like a wrapped look? Yeah. A different take on that suit. More of like a um, practical design to it, rather than, you know, like the bat nipples of uh, Batman and Robin. Which <laughs> 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 is always good. We see that Batman is now just, like I said, driven man, vigilantes, rounding up criminals, taking the law into his own hands. Uh, we get some more quick scenes of uh, Superman rescuing people. Martha Kent, played by Diane Lane, is telling him to be the, the hero, the angel, the monument of the people, anything they need him to be or be none of it. And, you know, he also doesn't owe the world anything at the same time. <laughs> Make up so your really mind. So she's not being helpful <laughs> yeah, at yeah. all. <laughs> it's up to you. That's my advice. Thanks, Ma. Yeah. <laughs> well, do what you I want. You're going to do it anyway. Whatever you do. <laughs> and we also get some Jesse Eisenberg as this young, eccentric Lex Luthor. What you, would you think of uh, Jesse Eisenberg's take on the Lex Luthor character here? I liked it. I'm a, I I like to see that different spin on Lex Luthor. Yeah, the, the Lex character from Smallville was probably the one redeeming quality, I guess. I don't mm -hmm. know. But... 
I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It's interesting. I'll give it that. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Gene Hackman, you know, obviously defined the role. Mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey. I, I, I can't make fun of Kevin Spacey too much in that because I know that Superman Returns was really trying to build themselves as a sequel to that, those original movies. So he was kind of like a mix between Gene Hackman and like Dr. Evil. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like, it was really bad. But uh, that that may have just been direction because we know he's a, a great actor. Uh, so yeah, like like you guys said, it's I don't mind seeing a different take on it. We'll see we'll see what it ends up being. He's he's go- We know that Lex Luthor is is a, a child genius, grows up to be you know uh, this diabolical villain, and uh, we see traces of that already. And we next see a small scene, and this is what Kevin was alluding to, where uh, a suit has been vandalized with the words "Ha ha ha, jokes on you, Batman." Yeah, and it's actually the uh, the Robin suit that you see here. You gotta kind of look real close, but you can actually see the Robin logo uh, on there. Yeah, that's something I, I definitely missed in my viewing of this. So I, that will explain the absence of that character in these films as well, which is fine. I've had my fill of Robin from the <laughs> the other uh, adaptations, and they can always bring in another Robin down the line. So, <laughs> not that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is connect you know the nightwing character that it looked like he was going to become not that it's really connected to this but you know they could always bring him into the mix that would have been a good movie i would have watched that yeah me too and uh, we we see more of batman in that mechanical suit that we caught in the teaser trailer earlier and uh, we see him unveiling the bat signal and uh i i don't know about you guys what do you think of this batman logo with the short neck (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well if you follow me on twitter you've uh <laughs> have you posted something about it i haven't seen it yeah yeah if, if you follow me on twitter i uh i posted something about that uh <laughs> i actually i took uh you know an, an old flashlight and drew the new symbol from the uh the bat signal put it on the flashlight because so i was like you know there's not enough like defined edges on that logo it's it's looks like it's just going to project like a blob. You're not going to be able to tell what it is. So sure enough, you know, it just looks like a rectangular blob for the most part. I mean, if you know it's a bat, you can be like, all right, I guess. So yeah, I posted a picture of, you know, the Batman well action figure that I have with uh, the the new bat signal. And yeah, (laughs) made comment that, yep, it's definitely a rectangular blob signal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I gotta go back and see that now. That's great. And uh, another question: Why is Batman signaling for Batman? <laughs> I'm assuming he's he's hoping Adam West is going to show up and bring some color to the movie, right? Because it's a Zack Snyder movie. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of Instagram filters. Yep. I- I'm a- I'm assuming he's uh, just testing it out. You know. Yeah. Probably just put it together and said, all right, let me just fire this up. <laughs> I just don't understand why they had to change it from the iconic bat symbol that we know and love. Every, it seems, every incarnation is is different. Yeah, and, and that, that logo kind of seems like one that they used like forever ago. Yeah. Okay. Like real, real early. Which I like those nods hearkening back to the original formation of the Justice League, as yeah. we've talked about it. It dates back to, you know, 1959, 1960. Uh, so I, I like that idea. But as, in terms of practicality, yeah, it's, <laughs> I guess, anytime you see just a, a spotlight in the sky, 
That's yeah. just kind of... <laughs> Which is odd yeah, enough on its own. They would know that maybe uh, <laughs> Batman needs to be signaled. Uh, we, we see uh, Batman in voiceover saying, you know, I'm going to have to destroy him. Uh, we also see Jeremy Irons as Alfred Pennyworth, uh, Bruce Wayne's faithful butler, saying he, referring to Superman, is not our enemy. So there's definitely going to be this conflict uh, between the two characters. Obviously, they're going to make up and work together, you know, to, to and be part of this this Justice League. I mean, the movie's called Dawn of Justice, for goodness sakes. So we yeah. know that this is going to be the foundation of the Justice League. And right. speaking of the Justice League, we, we do get a small glimpse of Wonder Woman in this trailer. And uh, this will be the first time Wonder Woman will appear in a live action film. So what, what do you guys think of the look of Wonder Woman in this? I, I'm just excited. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. It was I was getting a little worried when they're, you know, it's Batman versus Superman. And then, okay, and Wonder Woman's going to be in it. And I'm like, oh, gosh, are they going to turn this into like a Spider-Man 3 thing where they just cram in as many people as they can? <laughs> exactly. Exactly my thoughts. So, uh, who knows? I mean, is Aquaman going to be in this too? <laughs> yes, he is. He is? I know Cyborg's in it. Man, I was half joking. I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. right. yeah I, I believe cyborg and aquaman are in this i'm also seeing barry allen the flash is going to be in this so yeah i mean there's going to be a lot of characters the less we see of them at this point i think the better yeah uh, i really don't want to see wonder woman kind of shoehorned in here they gotta probably make a wonder woman movie i thought they were going to i thought they announced it oh did they really okay Huh. Yeah. But yeah, like like Kevin said, Spider-Man 3 is a good cautionary tale. Sometimes less is definitely more. And uh, that's definitely been the case with uh, superhero films over the years. And uh, let us never forget that Bane was in Batman and Robin. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> the giant inflatable Bane. Uh, who cried like a baby at one point. Yeah. The other note that I have about this movie personally is... I don't want to see another Batman origin story. Seriously. I know. Oh, my <laughs> word. That and Spider-Man. Yes. Uh, we will get one here. Thomas Wayne is definitely going to be in this movie. We, we see the coffins. Uh, we're we're going to see that Wayne family coming out of the opera again and again and again like Groundhog Day over the years. And, yeah, it just doesn't stop. But hopefully they uh, make it a, a shorter scene than what we've seen in the past. Because yeah. we get the idea. We know what, what happens and what this kid's going to be. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I still think the glowing eyes on Batman is just weird. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a uh, suit. Yeah. Like a, a I'm, special I'm sure suit. it's like a, you know, heads-up display or something like that for the suit, but it, it still just looks kind of weird, you know? Yeah. It is weird, but I, I, I kind of like it. I, I mean, I like it more than I think it's weird. I don't know. And when he wears the suit, we, we see in the trailer that there will be some... Superman Batman fight scenes they face off literally coming like right face to face and my assumption is that he's using kryptonite in some way because and how else can can the two of them you know square off and engage in fisticuffs you know because Superman could just pick them up and throw them into the sun if he wants yeah and the the one scene where they're you know kind of staring each other down like on the flaming Batmobile at the gas station yeah that's not the best time for a stare down. <laughs> you know, you got fire, you're at a gas station. I would think that would kind of be advantage Superman, you know? Yes. It's like if the thing explodes, oh, well, Superman's fine. 
Yeah, that's that's my assumption is that there's going to be a lot of kryptonite or talk about kryptonite and uh, utilization of kryptonite. And we, we do see a big chunk of it uh, as Lex Luthor intently looks at it in a case. I didn't think it needed to be that green and glowy. Yeah. That's, you know, that's not how radiation works necessarily. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it, we when we see a, a glowing green rock in a Superman movie, we know exactly what it is. So it, it does its job. And uh, we, we finish with the uh, Lex Luthor mockingly saying, the red capes are coming. The red capes are coming. And, uh, yeah, so we'll see exactly what Lex Luthor means to the plot of the story. Um, they're very much building to Joker being a part of it. Uh, with Suicide Squad being the third movie, we see that Batman is still pursuing Joker. So we know Joker doesn't get killed. He might be apprehended in this movie. And that sets up him being uh, in prison for Suicide Squad. We'll have to see exactly how those events transpire. But I don't know about you guys. I'm way more encouraged with this trailer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know as I'll see it in the theaters, though. I don't know. I will just because I want DC to put out a good movie. <laughs> they, they need I'm to. Like, they right. so badly need to. Yeah, in, in competition with now the DC versus Marvel in in the movie realm, you know, competition is always good for the fans. Yeah. They'll, they'll push each other to make better and better films, and and we are definitely benefiting from this this new uh, golden age in superhero movies. <laughs> the only other note I had made note that the. Uh, uh, the desert gear Batman, like, and just the, the outfits everyone had kind of reminded me of, like, the Spider-Man noir comic oh, yeah, for some yeah. reason. And what was that all? That scene was weird. We we get a lot of action scenes. We Like, uh, everyone, like, at a Day of the Dead type festival, kind of, like, laying their hands on Superman. <laughs> yeah, and, that, was, uh, that was weird. And then you got the soldiers kneeling before Superman. Yeah, and the, the Batman's fighting off those soldiers with the Superman logos on their shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on in these. Maybe those are the red capes or something. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he's referring to the rise of superheroes. Because uh, if you look at the IMDb list, we're going to get a lot of superheroes yep. in this one. Or at least people that will become superheroes. I'm looking forward to seeing what it becomes. It, it Already, they are showing fans that this is going to have a much darker tone than the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. And, and we'll and see they, how that pays off. Yeah, they've definitely you know, made mention of the fact that, you know, you're not going to get the comedy like you do, you know, in the Marvel ones, which, yeah. you know. Which is what I want. That's, at, at least that's why I prefer reading newer DC comics as to, compared to Marvel comics, because it has the shadowy edge. That wasn't, certainly wasn't always true. And I'm I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum there. I I like a little bit of levity and some bright colors when when appropriate. Mm-hmm. You know, X Men has a dark tone as it should. Avengers should be bright and colorful and and have its funny and touching moments at times. And uh, you know, Spider Man as well. So yeah, and and you know, Marvel's shown with you know the Daredevil series that they can do dark, and it yes. works. You know, Mar- it seemed to be Marvel was kind of taking over movies while DC was really uh, excelling when it came to TV. And now we're seeing kind of a push in the opposite directions. DC is really making a push for movies and Marvel's taking advantage of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well as these Netflix series. Now there's going to be four of those, I believe, right? Yeah. So, that you know, they're going to have those series running and then they will combine into that Defender series. 
So uh, it's interesting to see that they're exploring those other avenues. I'm still waiting on my Impossible Man movie. (laughs) 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 Well, before we end, I know Lily usually has kind of an off-the-wall question, um, but you didn't have one yet so far, so I have one for you. Why don't we go with who would you have in the Impossible Man movie? All right, who would I have in the Impossible Man movie? I really like Nathan Fillion, and he did such a good job in Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, or whatever the title of that was, with Neil Patrick Harris. I would ca- I would cast Nathan Fillion. That would be good, yeah. I would go with Andy Daly. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. I think he can definitely play a wide range of characters, a whole wide range of voices. Uh, he has the acting experience, comedic experience that that's necessary for a role like that. Yeah, I, that that's that would be my pick. How about you? I'm thinking, you know, most of it's going to be CGI anyway, so yeah. you could pretty much go to voice actors. What about Paulson? Oh yeah, I think that's yeah, who Rob, I'm going with. Rob Paulson would be excellent. Because I mean, with that, you know, he can kind of change the voice as he goes, depending on who he morphs into. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. I wonder if Fox has the rights to him. I, I didn't see him <laughs> show up in Fantastic Four no, too. No, it would be awful. <laughs> they teleport and somebody follows them. <laughs> What's this rock in my pocket? No, it's, no, not, it's a rock. not a rock. No, it's not a So when you watch Fantastic Four, listen for a popping noise. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Was he from Planet Pop-Up? Pop-Upian or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. what he was. All right, well, on that note, that will pretty much end this episode of Hitting Play. As always, you can email us with your comments, suggestions, who you want to play, Impossible Man, whatever you got for us, at hittingplayshow at gmail.com. And you can always talk to us on Twitter, at Hitting Play. Do you guys have anything you want to plug? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, uh, LilyPution22. I do a lot of things that involve video games, so if you're a gamer, check that out. And same handle on Twitter. I am on Twitter at OneWallCinema, O-N-E-W-A-L-L-C-I-N-E-M-A. Um, I'm also on uh, YouTube. Uh, my kids have a series called Kids Unboxing Stuff, where uh, for the most part they open subscription boxes but uh we've started doing kind of mini episodes where we've done some 3d printing we built a cam bot from mystery science theater and it actually has a camera in it that works so that's an upcoming episode uh probably in a couple weeks i'll do that and if anyone happens to have a century infant love seat from like the early 80s I would love to have it so that we can actually build a gypsy from mystery science theater so if anyone out there that listens has one of those and they want to get rid of it, because, you know, they're not safe <laughs> at all, <laughs> I will gladly take that off your hands. And what's it called? Is it called a love seat? Yeah, Century Infant Love Seat. And it's a, wow. an old car seat from the 80s. Because that's what you want to apply with infant safety is spaciousness. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love the, uh, the 3D printed Tom Servo yep. your kids made. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, definitely check them out. 
And I can also be found at onewallcinema.com. Uh, on there, I've got links to all the various projects. Uh, the iRiffs that I do over on rifftracks.com, which is the humorous commentary, like mystery science theater style stuff. Uh, the Kids Unboxing Stuff series and the Two Kyles on Craft Beer uh, series is also on there. And uh, I'm on Twitter as well. My name is at MC and Friends. You can find me there. I'm on Vine as well. My name there is also MC and Friends. There I do flip page animation, uh, little humorous cartoons, and uh, you can find those there. Uh, also, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, and if you do, please leave us a five-star review. It helps us out, and if you do, you will get a shout-out on the show. We definitely try to be uh, creative with those. You can also tap to rate us right there on our iTunes page, and uh, it's just one simple tap, and anything you can do to help us in that respect, we definitely appreciate it. Well, this is this was great, Kevin. Thanks again for, uh, for joining us on the show. Oh, not a problem. I had a blast. Yeah, always a pleasure. Well, we have been Kevin, Lily, and Scott, and this has been Hitting Play. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs>